Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase, every day. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. It's my pleasure to welcome you to the Clark Howard Show, where our mission is to serve you and empower you so you make better financial decisions in your life. In this episode, we're going to talk some back to basics during a time we got to really sweat every dollar we spend. How do you know when something's a deal or not? And those bullseye kind of codes, those QR codes showing up everywhere, I've got an enhanced warning for you about taking your phone and using those things. But right now, I want to talk about something that we kind of lost track of over the last few years, and that is really figuring out what the best deal on something is. So I was in a a discounter that is a German discounter that is along the eastern seaboard of the U.S. called Lidl, L-I-D-L. They're a deep discounter German supermarket that expected to be more successful so far in the United States, but they've been adding spots. And I was in Lidl, and I'm walking by, and there was a special on toilet paper. Remember when we couldn't get toilet paper? But now it's out there again, and I'm looking at the thing, and it looks like it's a really good price. And it's their private label. And I'm trying to figure out how good a price it is. Because you can't go by the number of rolls. And you know how now you'll look in a store and you'll see a big bundle of toilet paper. And it'll say uh, the equivalent of 48 rolls. There'll be 12 rolls in the pack. And you're like, how are 12 rolls 48? Why hasn't some comedian done this yet? It's a routine. Maybe it's not funny. Anyway. So I then had to figure out, was it really a deal? Now, in my orbit, how did I compare? I go to samsclub.com and see how many square feet, yes, I did this, you get of the member's marked toilet paper and then what the price of it was. And then I went to costco.com. I'm doing all this over just a bundle of toilet paper, right? That's the way I am. And so then I do the same thing at Costco. And my goodness, the toilet paper at Lidl was an incredible deal because the way I compared it, because they make it so hard, the square footage. And if you look, you'll see the number of square feet that the package contains. And so I bought it. And it was much, much, much cheaper than the Kirkland Signature or the Member's Mart. Then the question comes, is Lidl soft and strong toilet paper any good? Well, I'll have really solid feedback from my family over time. But in terms of the price, it was great. So why do I go into all this minutia about the toilet paper? Because we 
as Americans, busy as we are, we've kind of lost that thing of comparison shopping. And the funny thing, and I saw this in some writer's story, is that, and I thought, you know, you're so right, that as people shop a blend of online and in person, the online shopper takes the word of the online seller when they tell you something's a deal, you're like fish hook and mouth. Oh, it, they say it's a deal. It must be a deal. And you have no idea. Are you paying too much, too little? Are you paying more than you would somewhere else or anything like that? So how did I use online? I used online to see what two of my favorite sellers were selling the product for, what their cost was per square foot, and then what it was shopping where I was. Now, that's more work than most people are going to do. True story. It is. But I'm like this. So what I want you to think about is remember my Amazon rule. Amazon is not a deal most of the time anymore. It is only about convenience. If you're into saving money, Amazon has become not quite an electronic version of CVS or Walgreens, that would be too tall a mountain to climb since they're like the two most expensive chains to shop at in the history of the universe back to the Stone Age. But Amazon is not what they were. They're not about deals. Doesn't mean you won't find deals at Amazon, but the deals there are going to be more difficult to find and on more limited products. Amazon is about this magic of being able to click and with many items, two days later, they're sitting there at your front door. It is all about efficiency and convenience. When you're shopping in person, on the other hand, it's much, much easier to comparison shop. And yes, I did commit child abuse with all three of my children, they all had to learn the math when they were in elementary school, how to unit price in the supermarket. I did that with my kids too, and I think it's a Is fun that child game abuse when they're of little. Your kids too? I'm sure they may say that, but no, they know now how to do it, and it's you can get them to gamify it a little when you're you know because being in the grocery store with kids can be hard anyway. So, and I will tell you the ultimate bribery with kids. And this is something I did with my kids in elementary school because kids are so brand name oriented. And so what I did with my kids is if they would grab a box of, let's say, name a cereal, Cinnamon Toast Crunch, very popular, healthy cereal for a child. Sugar Toast Crunch. Yeah, anyway. (laughs) You know, all the stores have their own version of it for less than half the money. So I'd say, and by the way, if my wife was doing the grocery shopping, nothing like Cinnamon Toast Crunch ever made it into the cart into the house. It was only when the kids would go with me Uh that something like that would end up in the cart. (laughs) But anyway, I digress. But I'd offer the kids and then I weaned them off of it. I said, okay. The Cinnamon Toast Crunch is $1.20 more than the store brand. 
if we buy the store brand, here's 60 cents for you. I would take half the savings. They would get half the savings. Because if the kids don't see the financial return to buying the unknown store brand, they're like, you know, I don't want that. I want the one I know. I want the Cinnamon Toast Crunch. So it didn't cost me a lot of lost savings giving them the money. And it was not a bribe. It was a teaching vehicle because my kids learned before they were double digit in age, the value of buying comparison shopping and the value of the generic versus the brand name. Now we need to, as adults, need to reinvent our thinking in a time of rising prices and rethink. As I shared with you before, we in the United States have the lowest percent of our sales going to generics or store brands of any developed country in the world. We are pitiful at this. We buy brand names in the United States. That's what we do. But I want you to rethink this in a time where every dollar is going to count. And you find over time what alternative brands could be a brand name but a cheaper one and what store brands or generics are good and which ones aren't. As I learned from a marketing professor long ago, the purchase of a brand name good is an emotional decision. The purchase of a lower cost generic is a financial decision. And generally when we shop, we shop with emotions, not our wallets. So please, comparison shop. Remember, Amazon is about convenience, not price most of the time. And buy the store brands. And I just wiped out much of the inflation that's eating into our wallets right now. Go to some questions. I'd love, Krista, for you to throw some questions. John in Ohio, my wife and minor child are flying to a national cheer competition in Florida. I had to pay an extra $50 each way so that they could sit together. Shouldn't the airlines be required to sit minor children with their parents at no extra cost? 100%, John. The airlines have been able to beat back every attempt in Congress to require that minor children not be seated with a stranger. And the full fare airlines make so much money from these seat fees from non-elite level travelers that they are going to fight, claw, and scratch to strike terror into the hands, into the minds of parents that their kids are going to end up next to who knows who on an airplane unless they let the airlines rip them off with seat fees. And this is an opportunity to talk about Southwest that does things a different way, follows a different drummer. Southwest has what's called family boarding that they do because Southwest doesn't do seat assignments. And unless there's a late connecting passenger with a child, children always on Southwest get to sit with their parents at no cost. This is just flat out greed from the three full fare airlines, American United and Delta, requiring that you pay this exorbitant ransom in order to not be separated from your young child. It is wrong that the three full fares do this. These are the same airlines that got huge 
grants from you and me as taxpayers, that we kept them alive during COVID. And this is one of the nice dividends we get is, yeah, now that you're flying, we're going to get in your wallet because we're going to terrify you of where your three-year-old child is going to be on the airplane, not with you. Shame on the airlines for engaging in such terrible behavior. This is from Cahill in Texas. I'm looking at a patio set in Frisco, Texas at Costco for $2,199. And I sent a picture to my brother in Omaha. He responded with the same item at Costco for $500 less. You said Costco has a standard markup of, I thought, 17%. I don't understand. Is there an explanation? So Costco's maximum markup is 14%, except on Kirkland Signature, which is 15%. So what would be going on is the set you're seeing in Frisco is at regular Costco markup where your brother is seeing it in Omaha, it's being discounted. It may be what's called a 97. Anything you see in a Costco that ends in 97 cents is a, by regional or corporate decision, to mark it down below Costco cost and sell it in a price ending in 97 cents. Um, The other possibility, if it ends in zero, zero, it means the local manager decided they had too much of that set, that patio set in inventory in Omaha, and they've done a local markdown of it. Um, As far as regional price differences with Costco that they would have in different parts of the country, there could be regional differences based on the shipping costs they have getting merchandise to a different part of America, but that could not account for a $500 price difference between uh, north of Dallas and Frisco and Omaha. Road trip. So, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Think about it, Cahill. When's the last time you saw your brother? You go up to Omaha, you hang out. You have some great steak in Omaha. You load up a trailer with the patio set, or if you got a big truck, you load it in and you take it back. You got the time with your brother and you saved 500 bucks. As long as you don't spend it on gas. Yes, for sure. <laughs> right? Well, it's uh, not you have to calculate that far it. <laughs> from Frisco to Omaha. Joy in Hawaii says, Aloha, Clark. I've been a member of the Funeral Society of Colorado for many years, and I recently moved to Hawaii. I need your assistance in locating this availability, perhaps for the state of Hawaii. I'm on the the island of Hawaii itself. By the way, Clark, it's more affordable to live on the big island than in the state of Colorado. Mahalo. Okay, so Joy, first, before we get to your question, I got to tell you, my middle brother, I book him on itinerary with he and his wife to each of the Hawaiian islands. They went to four. They went to, obviously, Oahu to go to Pearl and they went to Kauai, the Big Island, and Maui. And they come back, and he says, Kauai was their favorite. You were just in Kauai. Yes, loved it. It's so lush and green and beautiful. I mean, just when you think of what paradise would look like, it is. But the areas are the greenest and most colorful. It also rains Mm -hmm. a lot in those parts. But anyway, my brother and his wife kept bashing the big island. I'm like, what are you doing? That's my favorite of the Hawaiian islands. I, I was just devastated 
that they were bashing, obviously, your favorite joy and my favorite. But the funeral thing, which is so crazy to talk about that when we're talking about the wonder of Hawaii, but glad you're prepared. Hawaii does not have a funeral and memorial society, a nonprofit that I'm aware of. There's an organization called Funeral Consumers Alliance, and you can see on their website, funerals.org, the nonprofit that's available in each part of the country. But there are geographical holes in that. Um, Also, the funeral business is changing in a good way because of the internet. People now have an ability, even though you don't have a nonprofit memorial society on the Big Island, people are able to comparison shop using the internet in ways they could not before. You're not going to find the competition in the Hawaiian Islands that you would find in Colorado where you moved from or elsewhere in any uh, significantly populated state in the country. But now there, there are these services where you can go shop and find the best deal. And I helped someone who, whose mom had died find the most affordable. They were looking for a cremation and they were quoted this enormously high price. And shopping online, we were able to find one at a fourth the cost. And so even though you don't have the nonprofit and the buying power that it has of its membership, you still, by knowing how important it is to shop around, will still find better deals. And you just love the Big Island, and I can't wait to get there again. Now, you've been, Krista, to Maui, the Big Island, and Kauai most Mm -hmm. recently. What's your favorite of the three? It's hard to choose a favorite. I loved all of them. Um, I really did. What like for different are you reasons. For? No, it is an I election mean, year. Kauai is, is the beauty, and it's very it's less commercial. But Maui and and the, and the Big Island are so beautiful, and it's like saying asking for to pick a favorite child. Can't we have all three and just fly <laughs> around, and keep going to different ones? Who can afford that? Straight ahead, I'm going to tell you why you probably can't afford to save the time that comes with those QR codes that are popping up everywhere. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate Cubist versions of your family's holiday photos, but it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia, identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks, and automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations so you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology, real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. I gave you a warning many weeks ago about an FBI bulletin about the problems with these bullseye kind of things, these QR codes that are showing up anywhere and everywhere. And the FBI was really worried because there are a number of scams operating 
where crooks have embedded bad code into these things. And you go to restaurants now and they've learned, hey, menus are expensive to print. Let's let people just pull the menu up on their phone. By the way, it gives us the ability, without reprinting menus, to move prices up and down as we wish, to have specials one day that are different the next, no printing involved. I mean, there's, there's great utility in this, but also, unfortunately, something that's really easy to use, really simple, it then creates the opportunity for a crook to act. So what they're able to do is by putting their own fake code out there, the crooks are able to either load viruses on your device, and they use that to try to get into your accounts, or to send you to a fake site, like if you're buying something with a QR code. The example I told you about before was how crooks were going around urban areas where you have to pay for parking, and they were covering up the QR codes with a fake one that took you to a payment site that looked like the government one, but not only stole money from you, also stole your credit card information to then be able to run up charges on your card. Ugly, right? So this is a great thing, these QR codes that are being spoiled for us. Why are they great? Because it's so easy. You just scan that thing and you're at whatever you want to do. But what if you don't? What if you end up somewhere else? So after the FBI bulletin, and now we've had these other problems pop up since the FBI bulletin, I'm now taking the time to type in the web address. So we'll be at a restaurant, and they'll have the QR code on the table. And instead of going to the QR code, I just pop in the name of the restaurant in my phone and then go to the menu on there. So it takes me, instead of being virtually instantaneous, it takes me 30 seconds to get to the menu. And that's what I recommend. That's what security people are recommending, data security people. But there's also, I should tell you, I read a technology story where there's this big argument going on among tech people that no one should be warning people about these scams because they're not going to be the big money scams. There's places that criminals can make a lot more money with a lot less work than running around somewhere and putting down fake QR codes to steal your money. And so if you just want to get into the weeds and these arguments, you could say, well, I'm going to erase that and I'm not going to worry about that one till it happens to me. My attitude is, I know it's a problem out there. I'm just going to keep it simple. When I am somewhere, I'm just going to pop in their address in my phone or their name and go to their website and avoid the possibility that the particular barcode that I was about to use, barcode, I always call them barcodes, QR code, is one that has been infested by one of these hackers. And why bother? It's like the same thing I've talked about all through the years with all the people who had problems at the gas station, at the pay at the pump, how you prevent that problem. And yeah, it's extra effort, but you avoid having your account hacked. And that's what I'm about, is providing you the best layers of protection I can provide to you. And with that, Crystal, let's get into some questions. And you have a very 
complicated one involving divorce for me first. I do. This is from James in Virginia. My ex-wife and I went into a divorce agreement that in our separation, I would get her car and finish the payments, and she would get my new van and finish the payments on that. The van was more expensive, and at the time, I couldn't afford it. I have a much better job now and have built my credit back up from her destroying by missing payments from time to time. I don't want the van back, but I would like the loan out of my name. How can I do that when she and her new husband don't have good enough credit to take over the loan? Am I just stuck? I would love to get a new vehicle of my own, but can't with that loan over my head and my credit taking a constant hit. I'm not a lawyer, but I'm going to say something bad about the lawyer that represented each of you, the lawyers that represented you and your ex-wife. That is playing with dynamite anytime one person takes possession of something, but the other in the divorce remains responsible for the loan payments on it. That does not work. And it's something that we've had to deal with over and over again. And so how do you know she's even making those payments on, month, on time every month, a loan that's in your name? My goodness. I hope she's making those payments well, the on credit time. report, his credit report. Yeah, uh, but that's so scary to me because she's got possession of your vehicle with a loan that I guess is your loan, and she's driving it. You're trusting her to make the payments. Oh, so this is bad. You said she messed up your credit, destroyed it by missing payments from time to time. <sighs> If she's making the payments like she's supposed to, your last thought was your credit saying a constant hit. It's not. I mean, if she's making the payments on time now, that's okay. And at this point, as long as she's making the payments on time, James, you just got to let this string run. I hope that we're not talking about like four more years or something like that of payments left. But as the balance on that decreases, your ability to get a new loan on your own will improve. And as long as she's making these payments on time, your credit improves steadily. So it's a very, very dangerous situation you're in with her being in possession of your vehicle and being responsible for a loan in your name. And we just got to hope that this plays out okay. Because of where your credit standing is, I'm gathering you could not take out a loan and just pay the vehicle off and have trust her to pay you every month for the vehicle. I mean, this is this is one of those cases where I just don't know what the lawyers were thinking. Okay, let's go to this question from Wayne in Canada. We currently have our checking account with a mortar and brick institution. I'm trying to get my wife to move some of our products. For instance, we pay $16.50 a month for fees. Yikes. She's not sure about a place she can't walk into. Help. So, Wayne, um, this is going to get fairly specific for Canada, but Canada has a long history of having a small number of very large banks that control a huge amount of the banking industry and charge some of the highest monthly fees in the developed world. But Canada also has 
a very vibrant credit union movement. It works a little differently than credit unions in the United States, but the compromise with your wife, if she's afraid of an online-only bank, is that you move your principal banking relationship to a credit union and you should avoid, if not all the fees, most of them. And there is also a way station, and that is to move a non-transaction account, meaning like a savings account, to an online bank where you'll earn more interest than you would otherwise. Canada is dealing with inflationary pressures like us, so earning more in your savings is becoming steadily more important. And that would be something if she uses an online bank for savings, sees how seamless it is, that would be a way of at least getting some of your money away from one of the really, really anti-consumer giant banks in Canada. But as far as doing online-only banking, there's a rhetorical question to ask your wife that actually has a serious purpose, and that is, how many times a month do either of us actually walk into the bank? And the answer for most of us today is we don't. I mean, how often does anybody actually who has branches available to them ever walk into one? All right, I gave you a couple of hard ones. This one should be pretty easy for you from Mark in Pennsylvania. How fast does Clark walk a mile and does he read or listen to anything during the 10 miles he walks daily? So when I'm on my walk, and by the way, I have not been averaging 10 miles since my surgery. I've been averaging about eight and a half miles a day. So I'm pretty disappointed with myself. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> yesterday, I did 11 and a half miles. Wow. So at least yesterday, I did more. But um, I sometimes will listen to the ad-supported streaming Pandora, which my kids say, Dad, you're so old. Only old people listen to music on Pandora. That's pretty mean of my kids. I know. I know you make phone calls. because I do make a lot of phone calls. And sometimes I will put myself at great risk trying to read news stories while I walk. But I try not to do that because as soon as you know, I'll step right off a curb and break something. But mainly I use walking as a time to think. Um, you asked my pace. I tend to walk at about a 17-minute mile pace. The more miles I walk in one walk, for some reason, instead of getting slower, I get faster the more I walk. And if I'm really, really pushing myself, I'll average about 15 minutes, 45 seconds. But really, more often, it's 17, right around that. That's great. And I want you to know something about Krista. What? <laughs> Krista runs like she's in that, what's the cartoon where the, the road I runner? I know you mean the road runner, but that is the road not runner. true. No, I remember Krista and I were doing a charity race in Ohio. So she started off with me and she was trying to just hang back with me. And after about, I'd say a minute, you said, it's okay if I run on ahead. And then, do you remember I didn't show up for like 45 minutes at the end of that run? 
And you, I was worried. You thought that I had dropped dead on the run. <laughs> wow! Well. And what happened was somebody had a medical emergency during the run, and I'm you know certified first, first aid. aid, all that, and so I stayed. All those Red Cross certifications. What what are they all called? CPR. CPR. Yeah, I've got all those because we have to do that in uh, you know in the state guard. So I was there, and finally, eventually, somebody came along who was a nurse, and then a doctor came along, and so eventually, you would come all the way back to find me (laughs) on the course. But even if I had not stopped to render aid. You would have still beaten me to the end by like that was a while ago. Minutes. <laughs> I'm more in, I do more yoga now than running, but yes, thank you. Yeah, yeah, she's she's fast. Don't listen to her. <laughs> I used to run forever, and you know you get to an age where the more you run, the more everything hurts, and so now I I do the elliptical and that causes me no problem. I do yoga and I walk so. Yes, my kids are right. I'm old. (laughs) (laughs) It's all about perspective. Yeah. Thanks for being with me today. And don't forget, we are here to serve you with one-on-one free advice, something we've been doing soon. It'll be our 30th anniversary of providing one-on-one free advice through the Team Clark Consumer Action Center, staffed by both employees and volunteers available to serve you Monday through Friday, 10 in the morning till four in the afternoon, Eastern time zone. So just adjust your clock when you call. You can learn about it at clark.com slash CAC or call 636-49-CLARK.